Welcome to the Middle Tech Podcast, this region's leading business podcast, shining a light on technology, entrepreneurship, and the future of business in Kentucky and beyond. Our goal is to advance the ecosystem by bringing attention to the founders, changemakers, innovators, and those supporting them. Middle Tech's content can be found on your favorite podcast streaming app, social channels, and YouTube. We encourage you to follow and participate in the conversation. Let's discuss and build the future. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Evan Knowles and Logan Jones here. We just sat down with Josh Driver of Selfishly. And great conversation because pretty relevant right now in the world, which is uh, social responsibility. You know, that's all their platform helps businesses manage. And that's what a lot of people are talking about when it comes to uh, the state of business right now is that uh, people are looking for more meaning in their work and businesses are being challenged to you know, help the community and connect with both nonprofits, but also sustainability initiatives. And again, selfishly is really helping companies, you know, bridge into that. Uh, you know, we've heard people like Mark Benioff talk about this, but now it's becoming, he's been talking about that for 10, 20 years now, but it's really becoming more important as remote work. And after, you know, post COVID people are looking for more meaning in their work, like I said, and, uh, it's becoming a big issue for a lot of companies when it comes to hiring and retaining talent. So they're having to explore solutions like what selfishly is providing. Yeah. And their platform essentially just makes it so that you don't have to have an entire dedicated team. Like Josh says in this recording, uh, you know, a lot of the companies that he'll work with are either trying to hack it together with some Google forms and stuff like that, or it's going to be a larger corporate entity that might have a team of 20 people helping manage this. So the selflessly platform helps those companies that might not have the, the large resources necessary to go after having a large team to have that, that social responsibility piece and give their employees uh, an option for that. Like Evan said, as we get further and further into this age of social media, uh, it's almost impossible to separate uh, a company from its social responsibility. Now it's becoming something that's so incredibly important. And now companies are also starting to see a return on investment on that uh, in terms of employee retention, like what Evan just mentioned. Um, but there's also so much more that we You discuss. win more customers. Yeah. You know, it's part of your brand. You yeah, know, if you are sure. supporting the ecosystem, he brought up Patagonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about specific companies that are doing a great job of this. And he brought up Patagonia uh, because, you know, they've obviously done a lot for the environment. And that's part of your purchase of, you know, their clothing is that it, uh, it's, uh, you know, carbon neutral and it helps the, uh, they're dedicating resources to helping the environment. Yeah, absolutely. And they're also a certified B Corp, uh, just like, uh, our friends app harvest here in town is a, is a good one that comes to mind with that as well. So they're just, uh, not only, um, talking the talk, but also walking the walk in terms of how they're building their company and, and thinking about social responsibility and sustainability. So a really great conversation that we got to have with Josh here. We're excited for you guys to listen. Uh, But before we dive in, we want to get a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Land Betterment. Land Betterment is doing some incredible work throughout Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky as they are taking abandoned strip mines and putting sustainable businesses in their place. These businesses not only provide a useful repurposing of the land, but they also provide great jobs to replace the mining jobs that were lost when the mine was shut down. To learn more about Land Betterment, you can listen to our interview with their founders, Mark Jensen and Kirk Taylor, on episode 97, or visit their website at landbetterment.com. 
We're also sponsored by Airwing Ventures. Airwing helps determined entrepreneurs seeking resources to grow with capital and connections in order to build successful companies and impactful legacies. They're all about high growth companies, high growth careers, and high growth communities. I've personally known Dan Beldy for about four years now, and I've seen the work he's been doing in the community, and we should all feel very blessed and grateful that a VC like himself is here in Kentucky. I encourage you to connect with Airwing and learn more. Let's all grow this state together. You can reach out to Dan at info at airwing.vc or dan at airwing.vc. And their website is www.airwing.vc. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Evan Knowles and Logan Jones here. And one of the big things that's a big topic out in the world right now, especially in the business world, is social responsibility. And today we're sitting down with a company that specializes in just that. So we're sitting down with Josh Driver, co-founder, CEO of Selfishly. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we get into any of the details about what your company does, let's get into the background of yourself uh, real quick, just kind of go over you know who you are and your background prior to Selfishly. Yeah, I've uh, been involved in tech startups here in Indianapolis since uh, 2008 and built mainly technology for nonprofits, uh, migrating from direct mail to digital fundraising. That should probably put a date on my back. <laughs> um, and then working on volunteer management, don- donor relations software, just building things for nonprofits so that they could uh, they could grow and be efficient. Then took a break from my last startup and went to build tech for the public sector, state and local governments, uh, websites, payment processing, uh, opioid epidemic uh, functionality, and uh, that was when uh, I found I felt that I needed to get back into the nonprofit space. Uh, enjoyed the public sector, but always have had. Uh, a piece of me connected to the community and how I can personally do a better job. And that's what led me back into startups, leaving the big fancy job and doing this all over again. Yeah. And now you're a for-profit selling, uh, you know, software that helps companies bridge to nonprofit and volunteer work. And uh, talk about, before we get into the details of that, what, what is social responsibility? How does all that fit together? And why is your background, you know, perfect for you to, to kind of build this product? Sure. Ask 10 people what social responsibility is and you'll get 10 different answers. (laughs) And so I think this term has been evolving for the last several years. We encompass a lot of things in social responsibility. So, uh, but the root of it is uh, the refocus on what a stakeholder to a company is. Uh, Generally, that's if you're a for-profit company, that's to your investors, to your revenue, your bottom line. Uh, Now we've expanded that to the responsibility to deliver positive outcomes to our employees, to our community, to the causes we care about, to the environment, in civic engagement or politics in some cases. Uh, So all of that's kind of grouped under corporate social responsibility. 
Uh, and now we're seeing the next evolution of that uh, in removing the corporate from corporate social responsibility because it's not just the big Fortune 500 companies that are getting involved in this. Uh, really, we see startups, people, one or two people in the office already starting to get involved in, in the way that they can. So trying to lob off that corporate side and, and get more companies to get involved uh, in, in the way that they can. Yeah, and uh, you told a story on on that intro call we hopped on about connecting with one of the OGs in in terms of the corporate social responsibility space, which is Mark Benioff. Uh, tell that story, kind of what you can tell about it at a high level. I'm sure, sure our listeners would love to hear that. Yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, we had some legislation that popped up in Indiana called RIFRA or the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was legislation that our government was trying to pass uh, that would discriminate against people. You know, businesses could turn someone away for being a member of the LGBTQ community or um, a religious uh, decision. And uh, I felt like that wasn't indicative of the community that I had thrived in and, and, and built uh, or had a part in building. And so I started my own nonprofit in 2015 called Open for Service. Uh, uh, we were having the NCAA coming into town. There was a bunch of things going on in Indianapolis. And when RIFRA started to hit the media, we started to lose conventions. People were saying, we're not coming here, boycotts. Um, and unfortunately, the people that would have been hit the most with that legislation are small to medium-sized companies that are really just doing the right thing, but unfortunately getting some bad uh, credibility for being in Indianapolis. And I didn't feel like that um, was fair and that we needed to tell a different story. And so uh, I created this online directory of companies that pledged to uh, not turn somebody away because of who they are and uh, provide service and support. Hmm. Uh, and that uh, uh, the whole plan was just to print out some stickers, slap them on the fronts of businesses downtown. So during the NCAA, people could find safe places to go eat, to stay um, and hang out. And it went viral and got on all the big news. And uh, I ended up being on Hardball with Chris Matthews one night. Uh, and uh, I guess Mark was watching TV or caught him at the right time. And uh, he reached out uh, through his channels and got a hold of me. And we were able to connect. And uh, he felt very aligned with what we were doing and provided uh, a ton of support. Uh, and software and human capital to get it off the ground and expand it globally. Love that. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Cool phone call to have. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's somebody I really look up to uh, when it comes to just software in general. You know, he's one of the, the godfathers of SaaS, uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, one of the very first successful SaaS companies. So talk about what your product is. You know, it's a, it's a SaaS product, correct? And give us the, uh, the elevator pitch of what you're building. Sure. Yeah. Um, our, our goal selflessly here is to uh, allow every company help them provide the social impact that everyone's looking for. Uh, we know that social impact uh, is being viewed by customers, by potential employees, by stakeholders, and, and, and being measured um, against each other, And uh, which is fine if you've got a team of 20 that can manage that, like a Salesforce or a Lilly, uh, but what do the rest of companies? 
other companies do. Uh, so uh, for years, we've had legacy technology and these agenda-driven campaigns out there where companies can sign up for a giving campaign through, let's say, the United Way or use a platform that's designed to support the nonprofit that the CEO cares about, but not necessarily employees. And because of these uh, restrictions, uh, giving through corporate partnerships, uh, uh, support donation to products and services, volunteer hours uh, go largely unused each year. Uh, according to one study, almost $10 billion a year uh, in missed opportunity because we've, we've created these uh, uh, these, these guidelines that uh, benefit only a few people. So uh, due to that frustration and really knowing that companies do intrinsically want to be a part of their community, they do want to be supportive, but not having the tools or the resources to do it internally, that's why we built Selflessly. We wanted to launch an all-in-one corporate philanthropy program and start giving uh, tools, tips, processes to companies. So no matter what stage you are, whether you're a st two-person startup to you know several thousand employees globally, um, you'll have a mix of, of ways to interact with your community and, and give back in a positive way. So are you finding that most of these companies that uh, you're, you're working with with this software is the option either they don't even have one of these programs because they don't have any way of supporting it, or is it they're just trying to hack it together in any way that they can? Like, how are these companies that you're engaging with trying to be socially or socially responsible? Yeah, it's a mix. Um, a, I, I would say our biggest competitor is Google Forms. I was going to say, that's <laughs> probably something like that. So, you know, um, which isn't very proactive. Uh, we find often that uh, uh, programs like this fall into the hands of the HR person. Uh, it's something, you know, a top-down initiative. And then the HR person has to take on building out this program and engaging employees. Um, and uh, HR has actual, like, HR stuff to do. <laughs> so oftentimes it goes un unutilized and participation is really low. And that's not because HR doesn't care. It's, they just don't have the resources. So uh, with employees now being more empowered to say, I want to support this organization and not that, or I have a friend who has breast cancer, so I'd really like to spend my time working with this organization. Um, just because you don't want to plant a tree at a you know, strategic <laughs> volunteer opportunity doesn't make you a bad person. You just have different priorities. And so uh, that can be a complete nightmare. For, for HR. So we wanted to let employees be empowered to use their benefits like they would a 401k or health, or, uh, health benefits and be able to use volunteer time off, get matching donations uh, sent to the causes that they care about or issue grants and sponsorships and donations of product. Uh, so, so yeah, nine times out of 10, we're, we're, we're up against a Google form. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, a mix of a form builder and uh, the SendGrid transactional email and maybe a PDF here and there. But, but yeah, those are our biggest competitors. <laughs> and talk about the stage of the business. So, you know, how, how, uh, how far along are you guys? Have you done fundraising? Give us an idea of, you know, your all stage. Yep, we launched uh, in 2017, uh, a little bit early, uh, ahead of schedule. Uh, we had the opportunity to partner with the city of Indianapolis and and manage Indie Due Day, which is the day of service where all the companies shut down and go out and work on projects. Uh, so I had to get started. Uh, so launched the business uh, off of a WordPress template. 
Um, hopefully, I've scrubbed the internet uh, of all the uh, images of that user interface. Uh, not my not my proudest moment, but uh, uh, we it was a great time to launch the brand and put ourselves out there that we wanted to do things differently and kind of shake things up in this space. Uh, also, becoming a certified B Corp is a relatively uh, unheard of thing here in, in Indiana. So uh, we got enough momentum there that it made sense to really start applying uh, some funding and time towards it outside of moonlighting, out, outside of my job. So uh, that program uh, launched. We then joined uh, Generator and G-Beta in 2018, which is an accelerator here to help us uh, make sure that we're not in breach of any legal, <laughs> legal things, getting started in the right way. Um, and... Uh, uh, we were a hybrid technology and consulting mechanism until uh, Zach, my co-founder, came on and we launched our public-facing technology based on the work we had done with our beta customers at the beginning of 2020. And uh, we've taken on two rounds of funding. Um, one to first round was to build the technology. Second round is to go to market and brand building and strategic selfies and dog photos. And, <laughs> and so, so yeah, we just closed the round earlier uh, this year and off to the races. I'd like to back up for just a second and talk about you launching early so that you could take advantage of that opportunity with the city of Indianapolis. Just tell, tell a little bit about that story. I mean, how did that opportunity come to you and how did you actually make that happen? I think that's one of the best parts of entrepreneurship is when you're presented with an opportunity and you're like, all right, we're just going to figure this out. Like, what was that like for you? <laughs> Yeah, um, I won a, a Tech Point Mirror Award, which is uh, quote unquote the Oscars of, tech, of the tech community here in Indianapolis. And the presenter was the mayor of Indianapolis. And, and I had worked with him on several projects separately. Um, and he had uh, pulled me to the side and mentioned, he said, you're working in the public sector and technology. Is your Are you even using any of your brain? And I said, well, you know, payment processing is exciting. <laughs> I think. Um, and uh, he's like, you got to have an idea. You got to have an idea. And uh, I was like, oh, I'd like to build this thing that connects, you know, companies to the community and give them uh, examples and templates to go do stuff. And he goes, perfect. We'll launch it. So this was in July of 2017. He said, let's do this. You're going to take over uh, any due day. And that was um, in September. And so he's like, you'll, you'll be fine. And I was like, well, so software doesn't like work that way and and his phone started to ring he said excuse me for a minute he opened up his coat and pulled out a flip phone and answered the call and so the fact that he was on the flip phone I was like all right I don't know why I'm even trying to explain technology to this gentleman so I'll just see you in September uh, and so <laughs> um, I was able to uh, uh, I left to go on my bachelor party I built the brand and the plan in the back of the car heading up to Michigan and then came back. My significant other went on his bachelor trip and that gave me an extra long weekend and just pulled out the Red Bull and uh, hammered out an entire platform in a weekend like normal people do. You know, <laughs> sure, you, know you got a long weekend. What else are you going to do, right? So why not <laughs> build a public-facing <laughs> platform and four days. I so. love that. I love that. Sometimes being thrown in the fire is the best way to just go and just kind of get kicked in the ass and do it. 
<laughs> I definitely, yeah. Several weeks of recovery <laughs> for that long weekend, yeah. <laughs> but we got it done for sure. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about corporate social responsibility. You kind of mentioned it there that most companies intrinsically want to be socially responsible. Talk a little bit about the ROI that comes with that or why companies should care about social responsibility. Sure. Um, you know, uh, there's all the standard boilerplate stuff. You could Google corporate social responsibility and see the same stats, 9,000 different places. But what I really like to focus on now is that we are, I don't know if we're post pandemic yet, um, by any means, but, um, uh, uh, every company is under the, the magnifying glass. How did you respond to the pandemic? How did you support your employees during that time? How are you accommodating your, your, your teams? And engaging with them now that everybody is remote. Uh, and in addition with, uh, you know, our political landscape, things going on in the world, uh, you know, companies for a long time tend to shy away from those issues. You know, there's always the risk of taking a stand on something. But now uh, I think the public perspective is if you don't take a stand, then in essence, you are taking a stand by not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's so whether whether companies like it or not, they have to participate and provide their voice and, and uh, take a side. So uh, I leave the politics side and some of that civic to people who are better at politics and, and having that discussion. But what I do like is that we're seeing a lot more of this stance being taken by uh, moving resources into the communities that could be affected by these political decisions or these environmental factors. Uh, so uh, let's take the passion and uh, the interest and get that to a cause that's working on the problem. Uh, but I think uh, if we're looking at some of the latest numbers on this great resignation or whatever they're calling it, uh, you know, uh, 60 to 80 percent of employees that are currently employed are potentially considering moving to another job. Uh, and their top three reasons why they're moving is that they feel a lack of purpose or a disconnect with their brand or they, they don't feel like their company may be uh, operating in an uh, ethically responsible way or they don't in, uh, embolden their uh, personal causes. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, employee turnover is expensive. Um, and so for companies that may be starting to dip their toe into community engagement, uh, the analytical people like that gets them motivated to really start thinking about how we create these programs. Um, we've, we, I'm sure you've talked about culture and how important that is to the, to, to the new generations getting into the workforce. And this is a great, uh, you know, platform to enhance that and authentically, uh, show the impact that a company makes in the community versus just a strategic selfie or a yeah. sponsorship on a banner. What are some examples of companies you feel like are doing a great job of showing, you know, their social responsibility? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm biased. We're a certified B Corp. B Corps always, you know, run at the speed of light to, to, to do things. I mean, I, back to Mark Benioff, you know, I, uh, agreed. He's a phenomenal uh, CEO and leader in technology, but also, I mean, he really puts it out there and goes against the grain and says, we're, we're going to do this. And, and so, you know, the one to one to one model will pledge 1%. Um, uh, I think that that's pretty exciting. Patagonia, uh, you know, launching uh, campaigns to save, you know, forests and work on, on uh, preservation, I think is, is really inspiring. 
um, the movement of moving data centers to um, to uh, wind powered or hydroelectric powered data centers and and people buying carbon offsets. Um, uh, I think are really inspiring here. Like as far as in our ecosystem, like companies that look like ours, uh, we we work with companies that are you know you buy an insurance policy and they donate a percentage of that to the cause that the nonprofit or the uh, consumer cares about, mm. or volunteer grants where our companies, if they hit certain milestones, are giving a hundred, two hundred dollars to each employee to go donate. Um, and I think that that's. That's exciting. It's fun to, to, to work on that kind of stuff that makes uh, a real difference. Absolutely. And you mentioned it there <clears throat> around sustainability. Um, talk about how sustainability falls into this social responsibility category because they're very, very much hand in hand. You could argue the, the same thing, like you mentioned, different definitions of, of uh, social responsibility. Talk about how that can be tracked. Is that something that you're able to do on your platform or uh, talk a little bit about the sustainability side of this as well? Sure, lightly. So, um, yeah, here in Indiana, uh, there's an organization called Carbon Neutral Indiana that's a nonprofit that helps you buy carbon offsets for the quote unquote sins your company makes, right? So, they do an assessment and estimate what your carbon offset is, and then you can buy up, uh, you know, these offsets here in Indiana that puts more green space back into the state so we can keep our carbon emissions down. But I think that uh, on the sustainability side, there's so many variables that affect companies uh, and they have to operate in such different ways. It's really hard to build a platform that encompasses all of those. So some of our companies have instituted uh, incentivizing mass transit memberships or, you know, tickets, uh, others, uh, even when we were launching this company, we, when we were looking at co-working spaces, we, you know, asked the, the manager, you know, can we recycle here? Do you have solar panels on the building? Um, is this in a promise zone or has this been a, you know, a repurposed building that was vacant? Um, nine times out of 10, the manager's like, um, I don't know how many office, you know, spaces do you need? Let's move on. You know, but we have to be, uh, cognizant of that. So uh, we're also as paper-free as we possibly can be. Um, the printer basically has a nice layer of dust on it, uh, and it takes a, a co-founder buy-in to print. But uh, we see a lot of that in, in reducing reducing the paper consumption, uh, uh, getting people to bike to work, um, and, and also in some cases when you have the budget adding solar panels or being in a more environmentally friendly uh, office building. Got it. Let's, um, let's transition to, you know, building a business in Indianapolis. You know, we're obviously down in Kentucky. So if you had to describe the Indianapolis startup ecosystem to somebody that's not from there, how would you describe it? I think it's the best of both worlds. Uh, we aren't Silicon Valley. Uh, um, and I think that's a good thing to some extent. Uh, you have the accessibility to get in front of some pretty impactful people in the tech and the, in the startup scene that have had successful exits. Uh, the, the, for instance, the exit of Exact Target uh, to Salesforce was was a big one here. Um, and uh, we also have several corporate headquarters here: Lilly, Roche, Delta Fawcett, uh, Infosys. Uh, and and so the resources that those big companies can bring into the startup community to help lift 
lift up everybody, I think is a huge win. And on top of that, I hate to say this, but it, the quote unquote Hoosier hospitality, which is <laughs> like a very, I, I'm sorry, I apologize to your listeners for using that term, but uh, there is some truth to um, the accessibility and uh, people that have resources, capital, they are willing to sit down and have a conversation and give you feedback and potentially even support you. Um, along your journey. And I think sometimes when we've traveled to Boston or Silicon Valley or Chicago, sometimes it's a little bit uh, more difficult to make the same connections. Yeah. So aside from that, the hospitality, that's something that we hear a lot uh, here in Lexington and in Kentucky in general. It sounds like that's more of just a Midwestern trait, which is awesome to hear that that's, that's in other markets as well. What are some other things that you view the ecosystem doing really well in terms of how how they support the startup ecosystem? I think uh, being we we were part of the G-Beta Accelerator, which was seven weeks of them like being the Simon Cowell of our company and just beating us up, but building a better product. We were part of Endeavor, which is another accelerator that's based out of here. And with our cost of living and accessibility in the central downtown area, it makes it a lot less risky to go out on your own and build a company. Uh, And uh, whereas you may be, you know, spending $1,500 a month on rent and living on the top shelf of somebody's, you know, closet in San Francisco or something, uh, you can live all right here. Uh, and so I think that that's a huge benefit and the connectivity. We've got a really great airport. So if you had to get on a plane and be someplace else to connect with those resources, it's, it's super easy, uh, to, to get there. Chicago is a two, well, technically three hours, but if I'm driving, maybe a little less than that. Um, and, uh, so you can, you can get anywhere, uh, here. And so I think that the combination of, of that, we do a good job of, of promoting our community as well. So people take notice from outside of Indianapolis and uh, like to drop by every so often and see what's new. Uh, so uh, we're kind of a MarTech hub uh, given the exit of exact targets. Mm-hmm. So those guys are always churning out new MarTech products. And then also in agroscience and healthcare tech uh, uh, with Dow and or whatever Dow is called now, Contega or something. Um, uh, having that insight and those resources and with an entrepreneur that's aligned to, to something in that space, like you really have everything you would need here and don't need to relocate to, to be able to make it happen. Love that. Well, uh, we also like getting some constructive criticism or some good feedback for the ecosystem on these podcasts as well. So what are some things that the ecosystem could be doing better? Yeah, I think um, we need to stop having diversity panels. Quite frankly, um, uh, we all know that there's a diversity problem uh, and having a bunch of people sit in seats and complain about it hasn't been very proactive. Like we actually need to start like being authentically diverse Mm. as an LGBTQ founder. um, You know, a lot of the resources here in our state are from, you know, a little bit more of a conservative background. So we have some extra challenges and that's not just with my community. That's with, uh, you know, women with people of color um, as well. And uh, I think we need to do a better job of, of investing uh, in the minority groups, but also um, stepping up to the challenge that those minority groups may have, you know, access to capital or the knowledge or education. You know, we're not all coming out of like a business school. Um, and so uh, the longer term investment into the founder, I think is something we need to do. And 
Um, uh, I think we have some really good accelerators here, but also, you know, let, let entrepreneurs keep some of their company <laughs> instead yeah. of taking it all, you know, at the beginning, I think is, is something we could do a better job at. Yeah. Those but, are great things. You know, fundraising is part of the we'll United States is definitely tough. Yeah, it is. It is. But we'll, I think we'll get there. We're having the right conversations and attracting people in from from the outside. So, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. <laughs> well, give uh, give the audience ways to, to find your business and plug plug uh, ways that they can find you on social and your website. Yeah. Uh, so selflessly.io is our website. Uh, hit us up. We have a dog that maintains our chat on the website. <laughs> His name's Huckleberry. He loves talking to people. Uh, forgive the typos. Uh, you can find us on all the, the socials um, at Give Selflessly. Uh, and uh, if you're in Indianapolis, we're in an old school downtown. Uh, you can see us from the highway and uh, drop by, have some kombucha. Or actually, if you could take my dog for a walk, that would be a huge help. Um, if you could <laughs> but yeah that's great um, give selflessly awesome yeah. well thanks so much for coming on Josh this has been a great conversation and uh, I hope some of the founders that listen to the podcast hit you up and try to get some some social responsibility going for their startups yeah we'd love to we also like to spend time too with other founders uh, we do office hours so if somebody's got a needs to commiserate uh, we do offer time uh, to to talk whether it's about our company or connection so that's awesome yeah please reach out great all right man well thanks so much have a great rest of your evening thanks you too appreciate it